Hi, I'm Steve Scott, and welcome to Knowing Him. Welcome to podcast number six, and I'd like to start just with a brief prayer to invite the Lord to guide and direct everything we say and do today. So, Father, we thank you for being with us. Uh, Lord Jesus, we thank you for sending us the Holy Spirit. We pray that, Holy Spirit, that you would be in charge of everything that's said, and if anything is said that doesn't uh, honor the Lord Jesus or the Father and isn't what you would have me to say, then I pray you would strike it from the memory of those who hear. But Lord, I pray that you would take uh, that which is offered and that you would drive it into the minds and the hearts and the spirit and the soul of each listener, that it might transform who we are to make us more like the Lord Jesus Christ. And I ask this in his name. Amen. Well, today we start what could be a two or three uh, episode series, might be four, but it's on one of my favorite subjects, which are the unique role and power of Jesus' words. Uh, Jesus made 1,900 statements in the New Testament, most in the Gospels, and he tied so many promises directly to his words. In fact, he made 21 promises about his words that he didn't make about any other words in the scripture. Now, some people say, well, aren't you minimizing the rest of scripture? No, all I'm doing is doing what Jesus did and what the Holy Spirit did and what the Father said at the transfiguration, that Jesus' words have a very special purpose. They have a role, they have a power that aren't equaled by any other words. And God was saying, this is my son. He's the one I want you to hear. And I want you to not just hear, the word in the Hebrew means to hear and to respond to in a way that is obedient. So he wants you to hear uh, what Jesus said, and he wants you to obey him. And uh, as you'll see, as we look at some of these promises, uh, Jesus ties them to how we get through our day, uh, whether or not we have spiritual power, uh, whether or not uh, we will become one of his true disciples. He shows how they are the secret power to uh, end the, the rule of the taskmaster of sin in our lives. It doesn't mean he eliminates the sin, but his words cut the cord that make it impossible for us to disobey sin. So just amazing liberation that comes from his words. Um, he says that this is the key to intimacy with himself and with the Father. He makes incredible promises regarding those. He basically said his words are going to ultimately be the judge of mankind, and we'll show you that. He said that um, uh, his words are the key to what kind of life you're going to build. Are you going to build on the rock of hearing and doing what he said or on the sand of hearing what he said and not doing it? And on and on. So his words have this incredible uh, power of God with them. The Holy Spirit is obligated and joyfully honors Christ with Jesus' words. In fact, that's one of his 11 ministries that Christ pointed out 
uh, speaking of the Holy Spirit, he said, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance uh, your memory whatsoever things I have said unto you. That's John 14, 26. But the Holy Spirit can't remind you of something you've never read. He can't remind you of something you've never heard. And so his ministry in your life as the reminder of what Jesus said, so you can apply it and get the blessing and benefit and walk by faith that that God intends, uh, all of that is for naught if we don't know what Jesus said. And as you're going to see, this is a really a motivating factor for us to begin to spend more time in the life and teachings of Christ that we find in the Gospels. Okay, so let's look at the first one of those. Let me ask you a question. Um, When was the last time you can think of where you were really discouraged? Uh, When was the last time where you felt kind of like you just didn't have the the fuel to get through your day. You were running out of gas. Uh, you didn't have the fuel to get through a, a tough problem with your spouse, your children, uh, with a friend, with your job. You're just not firing on all eight cylinders. Um, well, Jesus has an answer to that. Now, I'm going to ask you a question just to kind of drive this home. Uh If you had your choice, we're going to say that you're going to take off in a nice jet airplane, a jet, and um, but it needs some fuel. It's all out of fuel. And there's two kinds of fuel that you can choose from. There's one fuel that says Avgas on it, A-V-G-A-S, for aviation gas. You see it's rated at 100 octane level. Uh, But right next to it, there's another there's another fuel, and it only has four octane. So you're thinking, okay, do I put the four octane gasoline in the jet, or do I put the 100 octane aviation gas in? So think about it. 100 octane or four octane? Well, if you put the uh, 100 octane in, and you have a little jet there, it might be a G5 or a Gulfstream, maybe a 727 like John Travolta owned. Um, You fill it with that uh, 100 octane aviation gas, and guess what? You crash on takeoff. You have no power because that's the wrong choice. Uh, The one that's more like kerosene that has only four octane is what a jet engine burns. So, you know, you get the wrong gas. Guess what? You get the problems that go with it. For most of our lives, we tend to fuel with lower octane fuel, fuel that we get from uh, sometimes a sermon, sometimes a therapist, sometimes a friend, the words of friends. Well, Jesus, listen to this first promise. Uh, it's in John six sixty three. He says, the spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. They're life. You see, when we're running out of gas, when we don't know how I'm going to get through my day, um, you know, my my dear friend, um, a very, very dear friend of mine uh, and partner in business just lost his father today. He got that terrible news that his dad had had a heart attack. And we're all sick about it. 
because uh, his dad was was kind of young. He was only 81 and hadn't had any significant problems. So it came as a shock. And now my friend is going to have to get through today, tonight, tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the next day, the next day. And you know what? Any octane fuel that he puts in his spiritual tank isn't going to deliver. It's not going to give him what he needs. But Jesus makes this incredible promise that his words are spirit and they are life. When we meditate in the words of Jesus Christ, he fills our life and our spirit with his life and his spirit. He actually infuses that into us. That's the fuel that God made us for, that he intended that we burn in our, in our daily life, in our prayer life. Um, and if we use any other fuel, you know, you can use low octane fuel in a premium fuel only car, but the car won't run that well. It'll get, you know, you'll hear knocks and pings and all this other stuff. You won't get the power you need when you're going uphill or if you need to pass somebody real fast. And um, it's just the wrong octane. So the highest octane of spiritual fuel we can get are words that infuse Jesus' spirit and life. When you get into Jesus' words, you don't just read them. You have a pencil and paper in hand. You write them down. You write down what the Holy Spirit tells you about those words and personal application. And that's meditating in Jesus' words. Other words give us great information, great knowledge, great instruction. Uh, like Paul said, the, all of Scripture is good for reproof and instruction in righteousness. But Jesus' words go beyond that. His words go right into your spirit. So they bring healing when you need healing. They bring comfort when you need comfort. They bring joy when you need joy. They bring instruction when you're confused or when you don't know what to do, when you're facing a choice. All of this. And the Holy Spirit attends Jesus' words in a special way. That is one. Jesus only identified 11 ministries of the Holy Spirit. One of them is to bring his words back into our memory, to remind us of everything he said. So I encourage you tonight, if you if you don't have this habit, why don't you start out in the Gospel of John, John chapter 3, or in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, which is Matthew 5, 6, and 7, start meditating on Jesus' words. They will deliver his spirit in his life. Now, John 8, 31 and 32 gives us an amazing insight. It gives Jesus' formula for discipleship. Now, you know, most people uh, throw their arms up when you hear formulas. Yeah, right, come on. No, actually, Jesus did give a few formulas. Not many, but a few. And this is his formula for discipleship. Now, one thing that's cool, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it to you, and, um, and then I'm going to tell you something that you, you wouldn't know if you didn't know its context. So he said in John 8, 31 and 32, he said, if you abide in my word, you will be my true disciples. 
Some translations say, my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free or make you free. Now, let's start with that opening statement. If you abide in my word, you'll be my true disciple or my disciple indeed. Who do you think he was saying that to? In verse 30, right before that, speaking of the audience Jesus was speaking to, which was a large audience, uh, it said, many of them believed on him. They're brand new baby believers, minutes old in Christ. And it's and then it starts out, and to those Jews who believed him, in other words, these people that were had just believed, Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you'll be my true disciples or my disciples indeed. So he said this to brand new baby believers. That means it's a universal truth. It applies to all believers. Whether you're minutes old, you just went to a a church and walked down the aisle for the first time and asked Christ into your life, speaking to you. Uh, Your little eight-year-old or seven-year-old child uh, said, Mommy, I want Jesus in my life. I want him in my heart. And uh, it applies to him. He can become a disciple. Did you know your children and grandchildren can become disciples before they even become teenagers? Because Jesus gives this formula, and it's for any believer. So let's look at the condition. If you abide in my word, you'll be my true disciple. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So the condition is abiding in his words. Now, modern translations use the word remain or continue in my words. Uh, they, that falls a little short. The word that's used for abide uh, means to, you're, you're moving along, and then you come to a stop, and you begin. you pitch a tent or build a home, or you get into a hotel or on that matter for a life raft. But wherever you decide to to stop um, and remain in that place, reside is a great word. You reside in that place. That's the word abide. Yes, it does mean continue or remain, but it, it means to live within. So if we wanted to say that, if you live within my words, if you stop and dwell in my words, if you remain in my words, what does that mean? That means we meditate in them. And then when the Holy Spirit reminds us of those words, say you're, you're out and about and um, uh, you're walking along and somebody uh, says something unkind to you, And your initial reaction is you want to say something unkind to them. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit whispers the words of Jesus, uh, turn your other cheek. You know, if somebody says something unkind to you, love them, pray for them, bless them. Uh, And he whispers that to you. Guess what? You decide to do that. And uh, maybe you wish them a good day, or maybe you say, you know what, I'm sorry you're troubled. I don't know what I've done to offend you that you would say something so unkind, but I want to try to get it right. Now you're living, you're abiding in Jesus' words, his teachings. When he says, by the way, my words, he means my teachings, my sayings. 
He's not talking Bible Genesis to Revelation. He's speaking about the very things he's telling his disciples or those who are listening to to him. So promise uh, number two is Jesus' formula for discipleship. It's found in John 8, 30 through 32. Uh, The condition is you abide in his words. Then what does he promise? You'll be his disciple indeed, or his true disciple. For all practical purposes, you will actually be a disciple of Christ when you abide in his words. Second thing he promises is as you abide in his words, you will know, not hope, guess, think, or feel, postulate, or uh, theorize, but you will know the truth. You see, now we can take that two ways. We can mean the truth that his words reveal, but because he goes on and says, and the truth will set you free, Later on at the Last Supper in John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, the life. So you'll not only come to know truths from Christ's words, you'll actually be drawn into a more intimate personal relationship with him who is the truth. And then what happens next? How many things are you struggling with in life? You know, are you struggling with an addiction, a habit? Um, Maybe your priorities are out of sync. You know, you should be spending more time doing this, but you're too tired. You don't, you know, and um, you just don't spend time here or you should spend more time with your children or your spouse, less time on the golf course, um, less time at the basketball game. Uh, you, You know those things, but you just... You just haven't been able to cut free of lifetime habits. You know, maybe you love sports and entertainment more than you love hearing the words of Christ. Well, that's a little bit out of out of kelter for anybody that wants to follow Christ. He wants his words to be first and foremost. He wants to get to know you. And so uh, you'll see that. And guess what? The truth will set you free. I don't know of anybody that doesn't struggle with something. And when something masters us in any way, masters our routine, our attention, our time, our focus, our heart, our mind, we don't want anybody to master us except Jesus. Why? Because he said no man can serve two masters. He'll love the one and hate the other, serve the one and despise the other. We want Jesus to be our master. And so he wants to go ahead and cut the handcuffs off of those things that serve as our master, whatever it might be. Okay, so that's the promise. Three great promises, John 8, 31, 32, 33. Promise of discipleship to anyone. I don't care if you're a teenage girl, uh, if you're a grandma, if you're if you're listening to this and you're currently you know, bedridden after a stroke. You could be his disciple. My grandma asked me after a stroke, she had been bedridden for four years, and she says, I have no purpose. She says, why doesn't God take me home? I'm so tired of this. I said, Grandma, you got 29 grandkids, 58 great-grandkids. Until Grandpa died, he prayed for us every day. 
what a great place you're in. You can pray for us, can't you? Yeah, I could do that. I said, Grandma, I need your prayers. And I did. I was in college at the time. And praise the Lord, she found a purpose. She was a disciple of Jesus, even in her in her bed where she couldn't, couldn't get herself out. And um, so we can be a disciple wherever we are, in whatever state we're in, as long as we are abiding in Jesus' words. Hopefully you get the picture. Um, okay, now, this next one we've already talked about in a previous uh, podcast, but it's where Jesus gives us his love language and the Father's love language, and he, he reveals how we can have intimacy with him, and his words are key. John 14, 21 through 24. Uh, so we can say, here are the promises that he gives us in those, uh, that we'll have intimacy with him and the Father, that we'll be loved in a special way by the Son and the Father, uh, that he will reveal his heart and mind to us. Isn't that cool? Isn't that how you move into intimacy with anybody as you get to know their mind, what they think, how they feel, what they want, what they don't want. Jesus promises all that. And it all relates to his words. He says that when we do what he's going to tell us to do, the Father and Son will come to us. There's another promise. And that they will make their continual dwelling place, their home with us. So these are phenomenal promises and they're, they all relate to Jesus' words. John 14, 21 through 23. Here's what he said. He said, he or she who has my commands and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And so that's how we love him. That's the love language. We've talked about this before. And he who loves me, my father will love agape love. Agape love is active. That means the father's going to actively love you in ways, not just passively love you. Hey, you're a good kid. Move along. Uh, no, but actively involve himself in your life and love you uh, with agape love. My father will love them. I too will love them and I will reveal or manifest, show myself to them. Amazing promise. Judas, not Iscariot, the other Judas in the, at the Last Supper, um, who wasn't the betrayer, uh, said to him, Lord, how are you going to reveal yourself to us? Uh, what about the world? Jesus then says, he broadens it and he says, anyone. So that's you and me. That's my children and grandchildren. That's my sweet wife. Um, anyone who has my teachings, he uses a different word here than command, which is what he used in 21. This is verse 23. Anyone who has my teachings and keeps them, obeys them. My father will love him. He stresses again. He's going to actively agape in your life. And we will come to him or her. So they'll actually come to us spiritually and dwell with them. Make their abode with us. Okay. What a promise. They'll make their abode, their dwelling place. They'll pitch a tent. If we're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean on a life raft, they'll be right there with us. If we die, they'll 
escort us into heaven. I mean, it's just crazy how important this is. Uh, if we're in a football stadium, whether we're whether we're on the ground playing or in the in the crowd cheering, uh, he will abide with us wherever we are when we abide in his word. They'll make their home with us. So all of those promises to those who will hear and obey the commands and teachings of Christ. Uh, how many of those commands and teachings do you think there are? I've asked, I've asked world-renowned Christian leaders that, and they'll usually say, maybe there's 10, 15. No, I've counted 153. Now, don't panic. Don't think, oh my gosh, I can't even live the Big Ten. You don't have to live the Big Ten. We're called on to hear and do what Jesus said. And his commands aren't burdensome. You know why they're not burdensome? Because the Holy Spirit gives us the will and the desire and the power to do his words and the desire. He literally begins to change our desires so we want what he wants. That's a place of joy. And Jesus' joy, as you'll find out in in our next session, Jesus' joy uh, isn't affected isn't stolen, uh, isn't deflated by circumstances. It's uncircumstantial joy compared to circumstantial happiness, which can be taken away with any change of circumstances. Okay, that's um, that's as far as we're going to go in this session. I hope you've enjoyed it. We got that's the first nine of twenty-one promises. Uh, in our next session, we're going to look at promises uh, 10 through 21 that Jesus makes to each of us who will begin to abide in his words. So with that, I hope you have a great day, and um, I hope you'll start spending more time in Jesus' words. You can find them in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, greatest words ever spoken uh, organizes them by topic, so you can see his truths literally under any of 225 topics. Um, we have a devotional that's also available uh, called Jesus Speaks, and each day is a two-and-a-half-minute read uh, that focuses entirely on the statements of Christ. Uh, we start each day uh, in that devotional with a red-lettered statement. We end each day with a red-lettered statement, so there's over 700 Red letter statements and that. That's Jesus Speaks. You can go to stephenkscott.com and get a link to where you can order them. I do not sell them. I'm not making any money off of them. We make them, uh, we send you to the link where you can buy them. In this case, christianbooks.com, uh, which we have no part of, but you can bless their ministry as well. And they give good prices and, um, and it's, you can find all my stuff there. So anyway, Lord bless you, and I will see you next time.